is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian is punching. Punching the air. The air forward today. So we are super excited. It's a Friday and I missed you last week. Because I was a jerk and I was out of the country for a couple days. Such a jerk taking care of yourself um, like that. Well, you know, um, we'll get we'll get to that another another episode of that chaos that went down. It wasn't chaos; it was amazing and beautiful. Yeah, but, yeah, we want the recap on but, your uh, uh, on your uh, holy reinventing the woman. We took almost thirty women to a foreign country. No one got lost. No one got sick. No one got injured, and everyone returned to their homes. It was success. Number one, that was success. The rest of it was just you know extra, but. We'll we'll hear no there. Another but, day. Yeah, we're gonna um yeah, we'll we'll get more of that going on. But in the meantime, we had a wonderful guest today. She's so energetic and cute. Really cool. Um Rena Vocone was with us today. What'd you think? I thought she's great. We met her in uh in San Diego when we were out there for Ursa. Uh, for the the fitness convention, and uh, she's just got a lot of energy, and she's great, and she's up to a lot of similar things, uh, you know, that we're into with uh, with well, you know, workplace wellness and corporate wellness, and writing books, and for you, Christine, and and uh, you know, TEDx just, talks, uh, and yeah. speaking, and really cool. And she does many many things under the umbrella of health and fitness mm-hmm. and wellness, and uh, just getting her message out there. And it's a really cool. Uh, you know, background that she has, and her, you know, her upbringing, and uh, you know, everything that she that she's doing is is uh, just look in tune with what we're doing, and so uh, we love conversations like this. It's really fun. Get the little backstory, but her, so she's the CEO of Passion Fit. Um, that is her. That is her business, and what she's going to talk about is her, you know, her former life uh, working in Silicon Valley and Fortune five hundreds and and tech and Google and it. It's fascinating. I think it's just fascinating to see the evolution of people. Like we get to hear, how did you get here? How did this happen? And for all of you sitting back and listening and are like, oh, well, I'm too old for this. Or I, you know, this will never work out. You're tripping over yourselves is what it is. Because we're we're bringing you all of these episodes of people who are like, yeah, I did do that. But I was passionate about that. And so What's interesting is her tagline is pursue your passions, be fit, and the rest will follow. And I connect with this because it's pursue your passions and the rest will follow. And I mean, she has be fit, but the rest will follow. You know what's going to follow? Good health, good relationships. People who are like me, I had nervous breakdowns because I'm like, oh my gosh, how how am I going to pay my bills and my this and my that? And it's like, if you work hard and you're working towards your passion, somehow people will appear to you in your life and somehow opportunity just somehow appears. It's crazy, Brian. I mean, it it sounds, it sounds hokey and it sounds it cliche does, right? and it sounds all of that. But 
it's so true. It's, we've had episode after episode after episode of people who say, I used to do this, but now I do this. And, and none of them say, I really regret doing this. Right? None of them say, I, I, yeah, just, I, I wish. I, I wish, haven't heard that yet. I, none of them. I mean, we've had 300 and something episodes. And, and it's like, you know, most of the, I'd say like, you know, two thirds of the episodes are people who are, you know, created programs or, or, you know, uh, uh, fitness uh, industry or stuff, done amazing just whatever they are, in and general, just exactly, and ne- never, none of them have looked back and said, "Man, I really wish that I did that old stuff that and I couldn't wait way, to get rid of." And by the way, most of them have been told that they're crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. You're crazy. What are you doing? Right, leaving security for all that stuff, that nonsense. Yeah. Any any job that you can do in workout gear, how could that be fruitful? I don't know, but right? I my define love- define fruitful. <laughs> Define success. That's exactly. my favorite. Yeah. The hell is success anyway? Oh my gosh. All right. So listen, you guys yeah. are really going to like this one. She is so fun. Rena is just, uh, you know, she's uh, new BFFs here on the show. And uh, so many resources. So check her out. I'm saying this right now. Um, her book, The Wellness Empowered Woman. And if you just go to the wellnessempoweredwoman.com, you could find that out. And also, if you want just more info about her and what she does and all the great programming and just work and stress relief and balance, passionfit.com. There it is. Passionfit.com. Do it. All right, everybody. Enjoy. Another amazing episode of the Two Fit Crazies. Brian, how are you? Uh oh, she's singing. She's in a wild mood. You know why? Because actually today we're recording and it's Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I love it. I, you know what? When I was in college in Arizona, oh geez, it, oh Cinco oh, de Mayo my. was big. We didn't need a reason to uh, celebrate too much, but uh, give us the reason and we'll take it. Okay. Well. <laughs> Before we get into some crazy debauchery, <laughs> let's get into something a little more uh, healthy and upbeat today because we have such an amazing guest that we'll get into how we met and all of the amazing things she's doing for the fitness world and the world in general. Um, Rena Vocone, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Christine and Brian? Always crazy. <laughs> loaded right. question. Very loaded. How how deep do you want to go with this? You know, how much time do we have today? Oh man. So, um, Miss, uh, you know, CEO of Passion Fit and and traveling the world and speaking. Um, we got to meet in person, Rena at Ursa, um, in San Diego this year, and. Uh-huh. What a what a fireball of energy you are. How exciting. <laughs> Thank you. And likewise, it takes one to know one, right? <laughs> so tell us, I know that, you know, we were we were talking at Ursa and for all of you, Ursa's the biggest, you know, fitness business conference in the world. And a lot of us, you know, maybe we're not selling gym equipment or whatnot, but we're there because we want to 
kind of see what is what is on the up and up. What what are the trends? What's going on? What are people looking for? What is missing? And uh, some things that need to be be maybe felt like, like actual health, right? But go ahead. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so we we get talking and Rena. Please, please tell us, number one, where are you coming to us from today? So not far from where we met at URSA. I'm in San Diego, California, so North County area, Carmel Del Mar, Carmel Valley, Del Mar area. Mm-hmm. Just for the record, the weather was crap when we were there. Right. Sunny. Rena, and but, we don't take that out on you, but it was okay. what in the what? It was raining upside down. And, yeah, and you know, it's raining today too. The sun's starting to peak out, but we've had the weirdest weather in San Diego this year. And my family and I only moved here two years ago from the Bay Area. I expect rain in the San Francisco right. Bay Area, but I was not expecting it in San Diego. So <laughs> a weird one. But we can't complain, right? Compared to the other parts of the country that had snow and much you know, more harsh weather than we did, we can't complain. But it's, yes, it was it's not still crazy. not so bad over there. I in just San want Diego. you to know that I'm not coming back to San Diego unless it's sunny and like seventy five degrees. So I need to you know, if there's someone like a weather god or something, you know, just <laughs> I'm gonna give you a call. Heads up. <laughs> Well, so this is one little thing that I learned when we first moved here. There's May gray, there's June gloom, there's no sky July, and there's foggus, apparently, in San Diego. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second, those are the summer, all the good summer months. What what are you telling me here? But I will say, this is now going to be, what, our third summer here? And it's it's a little bit exaggerated. You do get the sunny, warm, 75, 80, 85 degree weather as well throughout the summer. But you, you know, you get some of that fog and from the ocean, mm-hmm. right? And things like that. So it's a, it's a great place. Don't let us dissuade you. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And we did have fun while we were there, despite the rain. I think the rain actually gave it a little, uh, a wrinkle of fun, right? Some of the nightlife stuff was pretty funny that we got into with the, uh, with the, the weather, the way it was. So, so what prompted, uh, yeah, we, Christine ended up in a poncho at some point. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, so what, uh, made this trip happen? The, the move happened. Was it, uh, business pleasure just out of San Diego, just make it, uh, family moves? What was it? Yeah. So it was a really interesting move because I'm from the Midwest, as is my husband. We both were born and raised in Wisconsin, of all places. And we each um, left the Midwest after college. And um, we both have lived in California for, gosh, over 20 years now. And that's where both of our sons were born up in the Bay Area. We both have worked in tech for a big chunk of our career. So prior to my, my passion fit, you know, health and wellness uh, career, I was working in marketing sales and digital media and business development for Google and Yahoo and Reebok and a bunch of other companies. So we spent some time on the East Coast in the Boston area for grad school. And I've lived in a bunch of different cities, but the majority of my time and my husband's time and with our family has been in the Bay Area. Um, but lo and behold, my entire family, so my parents, all of my siblings and their families have all migrated out to the West Coast, specifically to Southern California over the last probably 25 to 30 years, with my parents being the last one to finally leave Wisconsin and come to San Diego in 2017. So the pandemic, honestly, is what sort of prompted us. We thought, you know what, we should be closer to family. At least one side of our family is all in Southern California, because my husband's family is in Wisconsin. Wisconsin still immense summer in Arizona as well. And so we thought, let's let's do this. Companies are becoming more flexible about where you 
Uh, my husband works for Google still. We were there for together for about four and a half years. Um, and so that's, yeah. I, and I, ha- I give the most credit to my mom because we were visiting my parents during the pandemic. We were sheltering in place. And she said, why don't you guys go look at some model homes? And I said, mom, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't think it's a good time to be thinking about a move. And she's like, this is the best time to be thinking about a move. Right. Yeah. And so we, the, the rest is history. And we were thinking about the kids and their schools and their sports teams and all that kind of stuff. But they're, you know, really smart, funny, resilient, you know, uh, extroverted kids. And so they, I have to say sports is honestly what got them to feel comfortable. Um, they play competitive soccer and basketball and they met a lot of kids. And now we're here two years later and everyone's happy. And it's just great to be near family, most importantly. It's like, it's like, Brenda and Brandon from 90210, you know, like they move and they're like, oh, you know, dad gets a job in like LA and the kids and they're from like the Midwest and they didn't know if the kids would adapt. And then they were like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful here. It's nothing like that. You know? And I'm just, yeah. come on. No, right. Like my parents right. were like, hey, we're moving, yeah. like, we're moving to it. San Diego. When I was in high school, I'd have been like, all right, let's go. <laughs> Hippity hip. We're going, what? Okay. Oh my gosh. That's That's awesome. Um, I love, 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 love stories like Rena because she is, um, she is a like, you know, recovering fill in the word of, you know, you were in, well, I was going to say that you were in marketing, you were in business, you, and you've, you've taken your knowledge and all of your education and put it in a direction to really help others on a larger scale. And I think some people, especially if we're talking in the fitness industry or, you know, health and wellness, they think, all right, well, do I just, do I just go to school and I'll, I'll become a a trainer and a this, and I'll start my own business. And, and it really, there's so much more to it between life experience and business and communications that people I think are starting to put two and two together. But those, those most successful in this industry are not, it's, it's not a clear path. It wasn't just like a, here's my, here's what I'm going to do. And it happens. It doesn't. So what, what's the, what's the journey now? Was it always a passion of yours to, you know, health and fitness or was there a line in the sand where you were like, "Mm, I've got to do this? Yeah. You know, it's an interesting story, but anybody who knows me well would not be surprised by my story at all and my career path and where it's led me. Uh, because yeah, I've always been really passionate about health and wellness and fitness. Um, I've been dancing my whole life, starting with ballet training at the age of seven and I was a cheerleader. I was on the dance team. Um, you know, I always love that kind of stuff. I would literally go to health and fitness conferences for fun <laughs> and I competed in, uh, fitness competitions after college. I taught fitness classes all through college. I was an instructor from freshman through senior years. So it had always been with me. And it was something that even in my corporate career, because I graduated with a marketing and management degree from the University of Wisconsin-Madison from the business school. And then I went to grad school at Boston University and studied advertising and communication. So the, the business side of things was also very interesting to me. And I kind of always knew that I would sort of take the corporate career that I did working for big Fortune 500 companies. But through it all, I sort of kept that whole health and wellness passion going and um, it's ironic because the time that I decided to do what I'm doing now, it was 
a time when I actually experienced burnout um, and all of those great health and nutrition and all those practices that had been a big part of my life for all those years at one point kind of went out the window because I was just too busy and too stressed. Um, my husband and I both were working in Silicon Valley and that fast paced world of technology and digital media. Um, you know, our boys at the time, our older one was a toddler and our little one was a baby. And so we were managing two very hard charging careers with two young children. And I always wanted to be a hands-on mom. That was always very important to me. You know, when I grew up, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad had the big career. And I remember thinking, I want to have both. I, I want to be the, the mom that, you know, takes the kids to soccer practice and helps them with their homework and volunteers within the classroom. But I'm also very ambitious and driven and I wanted to have the big career. So I was trying to do both. My husband is, you know, a great partner, great, you know, we, you know, we were trying to be this like dual working couple, but, you know, even for us, there comes a point where you kind of have to slow down. And, you know, we were in an environment where everybody was working that hard and, you know, there's competitive schools and high real estate prices. And, you know, it's just that kind of hard charging industry um, vibe that you get in Silicon Valley. And so we burned ourselves out, honestly. And I would say probably two years before I left Google, I had been thinking about it. I kept thinking, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm burnt out. This is hard for me. I know there are other people that are also trying to manage their family life and their careers and aren't finding that balance. And, you know, maybe I need to do something to help other help myself and help other people. Um, and so I had been thinking about it, but it took me two years to really have the courage to honestly walk away from a career path that I had been building for, you know, 15, 16, 17 years by that point. Um, and a company like Google, I mean, it's it's an amazing company. I know it's had its challenges over the years, especially recently, but my husband still works there. So I'm still pretty tied into the company. And you know, it was hard to walk away from that. But I think my passion for health and wellness and my desire to, you know, maybe try something different, become an entrepreneur and have more flexibility also for my family and to be able to take better care of myself um, is what drove me to start PassionFit. So I I always joke, I secured the domain for passionfit.com in 2012. And I had come up with the brand name and the tagline at that time too. But it wasn't until 2014 that I actually made the decision to leave Google. And it was hard, but I had a lot of support. And like I said, people that know me, they said, of course, this is what you were going to do. This yeah. is what you were all do. <laughs> and I'm here now, almost nine years later, I started PassionFit nine, nine years ago in August, and I still absolutely love what I do. Um, it is the, the journey that I was meant to take. It has been hard, probably the hardest thing I've ever done, both personally and professionally. So I'm not going to say that it's been all rainbows and unicorns because it hasn't. But I think when you truly believe in what you're doing and you truly feel passionate about your mission, it's what sees you through those tougher days as an entrepreneur. So I, I wouldn't change a thing and I'm really happy to be where I am today. Very grateful. We're happy too. I, I just imagine like some scenario where you're sitting at Google and you type in like uh, secure a domain name or something like that into Google and like some siren goes off and they're like, we're, we got it. You know, she's about to jump. Rogue. <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone's going AWOL. <laughs> yeah. Get to squadron three. Uh, yeah. No, but you know, it, it is, it is the hardest thing to leave, you know, that security. And look, we've joke, we always joke all the time. I'm a recovering mortgage banker and Christine's a recovering teacher and, and, and investment banking too and uh you know but but there's a reason why you know we just were unsatisfied doing what we were doing speak for myself at least you know i was unsatisfied doing what i was doing until i kind of got to that thing that i've always knew i wanted to do 
Why is it, though, that this industry that we have, this fitness industry, this wellness industry, is the thing that gets pushed aside to go make money, right? We push it aside so to, to go do this other thing that, you know, we take it or leave it. We can't wait to get out of there. We can't imagine doing this for the next 30 years of our life. Uh, yet, but we do it. Yeah, but we do it because that's, you know, that's the, the rigmarole. But, you know, so why is it? What is it about this industry that we're all in where it's like you kind of have to like – you know, uh, put it away because it's no good. You know, it's not good for success or money or whatever quality of life or whatever it it's is. It's not respected. I think you know? it is respected. It's just, that you know, it's, it's, it's not like a, but on a scale booming from industry. Like, but on a scale from, you know, and I don't know, Rena, if you had this too, when, when you were in college, it was like, yeah, you love, you love fitness and you love health, but it wasn't okay if that was what you desired to do in life. That's how I felt. I felt like oh, that's cute. Absolutely. That's that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Like you could be a doctor or PT, but like, mm, yeah, whatever it is that you but think no. you're doing, get your real job, your quote unquote real job, which haven't we proved them wrong, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's true. I definitely, you know, I'm first generation born Indian American. My parents are immigrants from India. And so it was kind of ingrained in all of our heads growing up. Like you need to focus on academics and education first and foremost, you need a stable job. And, you know, I think when I, and I write about this in, in my book, um, which I sent you a copy of Christine, but um, I, I, I had that sort of guilt almost like, gosh, my parents worked so hard to come to the U.S. to build a better life for us, to give us this opportunity for education and a great career. And I don't want to let them down. Right. But but doing something to help people is a good thing. Right. But we right. think, oh, it's it's not necessarily as prestigious or as lucrative as a, a corporate career or investment banking, teaching or anything else. And uh, and I did face that sort of struggle. I think that was part of those two years when I was looking to leave Google that was entering my mind. And then, of course, I was joke with my dad as he said, wait a second. So you're telling me you want to walk away from your corporate career and your job at Google to become a fitness <laughs> and I said, no, I'm tr I'm trying to build a business and a brand and I'm creating products and services and I want to help people. And yes, fitness is a part of it, but it's even deeper than that. You know, fitness isn't for, um, you know, superficial reasons. It's how can you help people for disease prevention and management and, you know, for their mental health. And, and my, my thinking on this is I do think that the industry, especially after the pandemic is getting some more respect and more credibility. Um, you know, I work with a lot of, um, you know, people in different industries when I work with companies and nonprofits and universities, and I've been starting to work with more physicians as well. And they're even saying, you know, we have our training, but we need people that really specialize in nutrition and in positive psychology and in anatomy and physiology and all of these things, because they're trained in so many other areas and they don't have the time, right, to deal with a lot of those needs that patients have. And so my hope is that as an industry, we continue to partner with the healthcare, um, you know, field, and and hopefully we can, you know, have um, doctors refer their patients to us, and we can create, you know, with health coaching and all these other things that are out there, we can sort of create this partnership to really help people live healthier lives. Um, so I have a lot of hope for the industry, but you're right; it, it hasn't always been that way, and I think we're still earning our credibility, and that's hard sometimes. 
All right. So tell us what what is this uh, this company of yours? This name that you thought up of four years ago, and the tagline and all that stuff, and you know this this uh, creative job that you've created for yourself that uh, you can do in workout clothes. <laughs> and still maintain <laughs> we'll credibility. Clothes or business attire? Yeah, one nah, of the- one or the other. Sure, go right. for it. Yeah. So passion fit. So the thinking, the tagline is pursue your passions, be fit and the rest will follow. Right. And when I, you know, when I was coming up with it, the thinking was pursuing your passions, I do think is important. It doesn't have to be your whole career, but it can be a side hustle. It could be, you know, like you were saying, a lot of us kind of did this personal training or teaching fitness classes or health and wellness stuff on the side when we had our day job. But it brought us all joy, right? Some of us took it to and made it our full career, like the three of us and many others in the industry. And so I think when you do pursue your passions, that's actually really positive for your health and well-being, right? And then the being fit part, I don't just mean being fit in terms of fitness and physically, but being fit holistically. So mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, um, and how you, you know, take care of yourself, how you think, how you move, how you eat, how you relate to people. Um, and then I truly believe that then the rest will follow. It's not going to be perfect. As I said, it's not all rainbows and unicorns, but you know, you have a path, you have a purpose and you have um, a formula where you're taking care of yourself so that you can better serve the world and all the people around you. And and I truly believe that. And that's kind of where the the name comes from. And that's where the tagline has come from. So did you have someone, you know, did you have people that you looked to then? Because that's just, you know, what you describe is not, I I don't want to say norm. It isn't the norm. Like this is, you are not the norm and neither is Brian and neither am I. That's, and that's okay. And again, I always like to say that the people that are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. So there's something that you're pulled to that direction or was there someone or something in your life that was like, yeah, it's important to be fit and it's important to have money. We all know that we should be concerned about holistic health, but we're not. And what, what was it that kind of made you open your eyes to this? You know, I think, you know, the, the fitness and the healthy eating and nutrition, I mean, those were things that I mentioned earlier. I I just naturally had an interest in. I think the other parts of holistic wellness, like, you know, the, the more spiritual sides, right? The yoga, the meditation, the, that comes from my upbringing, um, being, you know, my parents being originally from India. So I grew up with yoga and meditation and my parents really raised us to think about, you know, holistic wellness, Ayurveda, and, you know, all these things that come from my culture. So I feel very fortunate that that was a big part of my upbringing. And then when you combine that to my love for dance and fitness and movement and healthy eating, it just kind of gave me that foundation for my belief in holistic health and wellness. And, um, you know, I talk about this in my, my TEDx talk, my grandfather, so my mom's dad, so my maternal grandfather, he um, played a very big role as well in, you know, when I was leaving Google and, and, and you know, deciding to do passion fit, um, because he had always seen my, my passion for health and fitness and, you know, saw me competing in fitness competitions after I graduated from college. And he, I remember him saying to me, don't lose this, this 
passion, this interest, this talent that you have, I could see you doing something with this later in your life and later in your career. So he was probably one of the people in my life and in my family that really was encouraging me. And he saw something in me at a very young age, like in my late teens and early 20s. And I always remembered that. And it's ironic, um, the year that I left Google and started Passion, it literally was all within a few months, he actually passed away from heart disease and he he died on my birthday. So um, I still get emotional just saying it um, because he was such a, a prominent figure in my life. He was my last living grandparent and he believed in me and he encouraged me. So when he left, um, that was where I said, okay, like I, I need to do this. I was burnt out. Obviously I was trying to figure out what was next. I wanted to be a good mom. And, um, it just, you know, I think things happen for a reason. And I think that year 2014 was just a very pivotal year for me. And I think that's where it comes from. And it, it runs so deep that, you know, I, I want to change the world. I want to help people and, and I want to make my grandfather proud. So. Sorry, I didn't mean to get so emotional. Oh, this is this is. I talk about him, I do. (laughs) Listen, the audience is not charged any extra for that. They uh, they appreciate it. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, I I just sit and listen, and and you know, culture is such a big part of everything that we have, and we've got a really, really shallow culture here in the United States, and 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 just you know everything that you learn, like you know, and and what's not taught here, and like the things that we're just like generationally are just being lost. Uh, you know, like feelings and, and, uh, and, and, you know, our, our inner thoughts and, and the way that we think and breathe and the combination of all those things. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's so, it's just such a great thing that you're able to incorporate that and, and, you know, have it be your culture and have it be the way that you brought up, you know, were brought up and, you know, live in a culture where, where movement is essential and, 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 you know, they're actually taught how to breathe. Uh, you know, we just kind of take that for granted, don't mm-hmm. we, right? Like you just kind of wake up and you, you're born and you do it and that's it. That's the last lesson you have. But there are proper ways to do it. And when you do it, it's a superpower. I teach it to the kids in the school. Your breath is a superpower. I can do it and yeah. I can, I could take a, room full of second and third graders and make them quiet. And the teacher's like, how'd you do that? I said, breathing's a superpower, <laughs> right? And, uh, and just calming, relaxing. And, and, uh, you know, so tell us how you do that, incorporate that into your program and how it works. Uh, you know, all just the, the cultural background. I'm curious. Yeah, it's a huge part of, of my program. And it's funny you were mentioning kids because I actually have been teaching yoga to kids um, for, gosh, I think I did it for 12 years since each both of my kids when they were in preschool, starting at the age of two, I would start a program for their grade or their class. And then I followed it all the way through preschool, elementary school. By the time we got to middle school, they're like, mm-hmm. mom, uh-uh. <laughs> that's embarrassing. You can't do it anymore. So at least I got each of them through, you know, elementary school for the most part. And yeah, I mean, it is amazing to teach these kids and, and you have to be age appropriate with it. Right. So it's like downward dog, you know, what sound does the doggy make? Woof, woof. And totally. have, then, you know, and then as they get older, then it was, you know, who plays sports in the room? Do you play soccer? Do you play basketball? Do you run track? Well, yoga is going to help make you a better athlete. It's going to help prevent injuries. It's going to make you more flexible. And when you're breathing and, and practicing that mindfulness, that's going to help you focus in school and not get stressed out about tests. And so I really took it um, from a, from the kids standpoint, you know, to kind of make it be um, relatable to where they were in their stage of childhood or close to teenagehood and how it could help them. Um, with my adult clients and the companies that I work with and my, you know, the passion fit community here in California and globally, um, 
I focus on, you know, how just something as simple as your breath. Um, I focus a lot on diaphragmatic breathing and how that can just immediately lower your blood pressure, lower your heart rate. Just, you know, with one breath, you can feel a in the tension in your body and in your mind. And um, so it's something I practice every day. And I've really worked to get my kids to practice it. My husband practices it in his own way. We're all different, right? So for my husband, he's a cycler, right? So he loves to go out and ride his bike. And for him, that's his form of mindfulness. For me, it comes from, from yoga, right? And also just, I love guided meditations and doing my own. Um, and then for my kids, it's teaching them too. And they're still finding their way with it, right? Because they're learning and, um, but they're using it. You know, I see them, you know, stretching after soccer practice and I'm like, Ooh, you're doing a downward dog. I'm proud of you. So, um, I think that's the thing that I try to teach to all of my clients, whether it's working with an organization or in my fitness classes, you know, I, I teach yoga, but even in my hit classes, my Pilates, my boot camps and my dance, we do some form of mindfulness at the end of every class because I think it's really important. Um, but I encourage people to find what works for them. If it's listening to music, if it's practicing mindfulness when you're cooking, if you're hiking, um, you know, if you're just outside in nature, sitting on your porch, um, all of those things can count as mindfulness. Um, Cause I recognize again, coming originally from my parents, I'm, I was born in the U S but having, you know, my parents come from India, not everybody knows a lot about meditation and, and is comfortable with that. And so I really try to make it more mainstream and more accessible to people so that they don't feel like it's, so there's only one way to do it. So let's, let's take this now with, you know, the breathing and the, just the mindfulness. What is your, what's kind of your goal when you work with, whether it's clients or, you know, it could be one-on-one -on -one or a business or a company. What is, you know, cause there's a lot of people out there that want to get into corporate wellness and they want to be an entrepreneur and they want to go out on their own and, what, what worked for you? What do you, what do you do when you maybe come up to someone or, or encounter them and say, and you know, just like Brian and I know, we know that we can help you, but it's getting people to see and be open to it. What has worked for you that has made you successful? Yeah, it's, you're right. It's, it's not, it's not an easy thing to accomplish right off the bat, especially because it's wellness is so per, health and wellness are so personal to each individual and not everyone is open to being vulnerable about talking about their struggles or their health issues or even in their professional life. Cause I work with people personally and professionally and wellness is sort of the, the tool that helps them in all those areas of their life. And so people might not want to admit a struggle or a challenge that they're going through. So I kind of start with first just meeting them where they are, right? Understanding their current state, understanding, you know, what's going well, maybe what could be improved. And, and then if they're willing to share, and that takes time, you have to build trust, right? Then when they're ready to share what they're struggling with, then you can kind of figure out, okay, let's take a look at, you know, what area of your life maybe needs the most attention right now. And I think as a health coach and as an employee well-being coach, um, you know, I, I really try to focus on helping them to uncover the answers versus prescribing 
um, you know, solutions to them because it's not, that's not going to resonate. And I think deep down, everybody has to want it for themselves. They have to be intrinsically motivated. So it's meeting them where they are and then understanding maybe where they want to focus and then brainstorming. And, you know, once you get an understanding of them as a person, then you can help them uncover ways that they can make whatever changes in their life, whether it is improving their nutrition and eating healthier or getting more movement in their life with an, an, an activity or a sport that, you know, works for them, or if they are looking to change careers, how can they pursue their passions and, and incorporate that into whatever they do in their next job? Um, ultimately, at the center of it all, I think, is trying to find your own internal happiness and peace with whatever decisions you make, um, and then leveraging wellness tools to help you get there. Um, and I think if people can look at wellness and health as in a different light, so that it's not just oh, this thing I have to do. I know I'm supposed to get to the gym. My doctor told me I need to cut out sugar and carbs. You know, you want to make it something that's empowering to them, something that they can look forward to, that they they enjoy moving their body. They enjoy eating good foods. They enjoy practicing mindfulness so that they feel more calm in their day. Um, so it's helping them to uncover what are the things that are, are going to make them feel good about it and not make it feel like it's a chore um, that they dread. And, and then that takes work and it's not easy because <laughs> um, everybody's different. But that's kind of how I approach it. And I try to just be very empathetic. Yeah, it's it's health coaching, right? We're just it's it's their chores, right? It's not yeah. ours. Uh, we can guide them. We could be there to kind of assist and and answer some questions, maybe if they haven't. But you know, it, it's an inside job, and uh, you know that's my whole thing. I just try and bring awareness to their, you know, the, just their 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 own health, right? Just be aware of yeah. it when it's not good. Know it, right? So that way we can kind of do something. What's the next thing that you can do? Whether it's a breath or a good plate of food or uh, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, really, really great. How, are you offering programs? Do you offer like how does it work? Is it kind of a la carte? Do you uh, or do you you know do you have specific things for corporates uh, clients or do you you know tell us how it works? Yeah, so I so PassionFit focuses on both consumer and corporate wellness. So on the consumer side, I do offer one-on-one health coaching. I offer live stream fitness and yoga and in person as well uh, dance classes. I um, have, you know, three month transformational programs. I have an online course on work life balance. I do wellness retreats. Um, so lots of different things on the consumer side. And then on the corporate side, I have just, um, earlier this year, I launched a formal corporate wellness program. I do a lot of speaking to companies and nonprofits and different organizations. Um, and then I incorporate some of the other programs and services that I've already developed. So, you know, the online course can work for an individual, but it also can work for an entire team because it's all about work-life balance. And, you know, I have the book as well. I have an activewear line, healthy lifestyle accessories line, um, a blog and a YouTube channel. So over the last nine years, I've kind of launched these different products and services and offerings, and I bundle them together and package them together um, in ways that work for either individuals or organizations. How, so, How much has your background and tech come into play like what's you know you're really able to put together a really nice package i imagine and just back end stuff and have it really uh be thorough and and uh and clean and easy to use 
Thank you. I tr- I try. Yeah, I would say my tech background, my business background has really come into play. I think that's where the timing in your life, it makes you can look back on it and understand why it worked the way that it did. Right. So I think had I not had all those years of experience working for big companies, I would have had, you know, a, an even bigger struggle as an entrepreneur. Again, entrepreneurship is hard, but there were things that I intrinsically knew to do. Like if I'm I do a lot of partnerships as well. So negotiating contracts. I did that for years when I was in sales and business development, um, creating a brand and, you know, creating social media and email marketing. I did that for a living. So I, I think that's what I really love is that I've been able to take a subject matter and an area in, in an industry, health and wellness that I love. And then I'm able to apply my business skills and all those things that I worked on for years to create this brand. Um, and then, you know, I love teaching. I love speaking. I love facilitating and I love writing. And so I've been able to also use those skills in my business as well. So I think for anybody out there, you know, look at the skills that you have, look at, we all have different, unique, vibrant backgrounds prior to our health and fitness, you know, careers and lives. And so think about how you can take those other things that you studied in school and that you did as a profession and incorporate that into your health and fitness business, because that's, what's going to make you unique and authentic. Um, and I think that will also draw clientele to you um, in ways that make sense for you. So I, I, I couldn't, that. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Like I have absolutely no problem cold calling anybody because I did it for like a year, you know, like just it's easy, right? There's no fear and anxiety to pick up the phone and, and dial it. Uh, um, how wow. do you, with all this going on, how do you, you know, personally, you just mentioned a bunch of things from the writing and the, and the, and the, you know, the presentations and the, all this, you know, everything, how do you budget your time? Yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy. And I, I am a type A personality. As I mentioned earlier, I am a recovering perfectionist and I've burnt myself out right through my career because I, I want to do good work and, and that's important to me. So I always have to check in with myself as well with time management and work-life balance. And I think for me, because I believe so much, and I'm sure you guys feel this way as well, because we believe so much in what we're doing in the health and wellness and fitness industry, we want to be good role models. So it is important for me to, to be genuine and to practice what I preach. So, you know, I don't want to tell my client something and then go do the opposite myself. So I can always tell, you know, when I might be feeling like burnout could be coming. And so it's always a good thing to check in with yourself. That's what I do. Um, I calendar everything. So I color code my self-care activities, my workouts, um, you know, meal planning, all of that, my work meetings, my kids activities, my husband's work, um, so that I can, and I can balance it. And it's, it's not easy. And there's times where one thing sort of takes precedent over the other. But for me, I think what's most important is that my family comes first. Um, and I want my kids to always know that. Um, and so I always make sure that I, I prioritize them and then I, you know, work around it. And that is, I will say one really nice thing about being an entrepreneur when your own boss, you can say no to things and yes to things as it fits into your life. Whereas when you do work for someone else, I know with Google, that was always tough because I was in a client facing role. I had to travel. I was managing, you know, big strategic partnerships. And so I was at the mercy of my clients and my team and what was expected of me. And, and I did it, but, but that was hard because then it started to conflict with my kids needs. And, you know, I think every working parent can attest to that. It's that part gets hard and tricky. 
Um, so yeah, so I, I won't say that it's always perfectly balanced and that I don't get stressed out and that I don't feel like, oh my gosh, burnout could be coming again. Yeah, that happens. It happens to all of us, but I think just always being self-aware and checking back in with not only yourself, but with your family, right? How are your kids doing? How's your significant other doing? Um, and then with your business partners or your teams, just making sure that you're communicating, um, when, you know, when things are kind of maybe not as, balanced as you would like. Um, you always have to have that communication in place. I've, I've got to get on the color coding. You're not the first color coder to be on our <laughs> no, airwaves. I, no, I'm, that's just a part of my... It's like, I highlight, I'm getting but better like, I with just, the, the calendar. Like, I've gotten away from the book calendar. It's all on my phone mine. now. It, and may, like it I still can, gives you anxiety it, to look it at does. mine. It's a very anxious calendar right over to my left here. <laughs> Close to... Uh, uh, yeah, but, it, you know, I got. I'm getting better at it. But I'm also like, the entrepreneurship and the freestyle aspect is very hard for me to say, okay, you're going to write for this hour. Cause then I'm like, okay, what am I going to write? You know? So like, you know, I got to really kind of write when it's the right, when it's the right time. Right. Uh, not when you're writing a book and you have a deadline and well, you're like, that's, okay, that's I, if I don't hit this deadline, I, okay. I'm that's hard. <laughs> but, it's stressful. I wrote my first book. Um, I started in 2019 and I published it in 2021. So I was writing a lot through the pandemic. And I will say in some ways that was easier because we couldn't go anywhere. So I had more true. time to write. Whereas I'm working on my second book now and it's been really, really hard to find the time. I need to add that to my color coded calendar um, because otherwise your day just gets the best of you. And then you've got pick yeah. up, picking up the kids from school, soccer, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then before you know it, it's 10 o'clock and you're not, you know, creative and inspired to write at that point. At least I'm not. So, yeah, it's hard. Sleep? But Sleeping? Huh? Tell no. us. Uh, <laughs> right? I, well, here's right. the thing. I'm a runner, right? So when I was working for other people, I would have to wake up at five in the morning and I'd fight, you know, I'd go out for my run. I'd exercise. I was training for things. And like, you know, it was, it was always that's when it had to get done. And then entrepreneurship was like. I'll get the kids on the bus and then I'll go for a run. And then, you know, and then the next thing you know, you look at the clock and it's 1030 and you're like, uh Oh, <laughs> like now what? So I, I put it back to where it was supposed to be. It's still a job. It's still an obligation. It's still my commitment to, it's just to me now and to, you know, to, to the people that I work with instead of, you know, that other, you know, whoever that I was making money for back then, uh, you know, I, I have to, I have to be present too. So that's definitely one adjustment that, that I had to make when I was like, this is great. I can, you know, knock off early on a Friday, but it's me I'm knocking off from. So it doesn't always work that way. Right. Right. Yeah. We have to be self-motivated. I find running a health and fitness business, I teach uh, fitness classes five days a week, just one class a day in the morning. But then I, I get my workout in because I'm teaching, you know, so it's like sculpt and Pilates, boot camp, strength training, yoga, dance. I'm like, great. I hit all my favorite workouts. I get to teach them and I like to do it alongside with my students. So I, I get the workout in too. And that's nice to have that built in. And it's first thing in the morning sure. after my kids go to school. So. Rina's That's a nice person. A, she's a woman of my own heart. She's People are always smart. like, how do you fit in your workouts? I'm Work like, smarter, not harder. I don't know. <laughs> it just so happens that. And you schedule what you want when you want it, which is also the other part. Like, I, I hate to, you know, I hate to make that secret known everyone's to everybody. On, everyone's but, on Christine's schedule. Yeah. All I'm right. like, oh, well, you know, this is Your how this is going. want that too, right? It's like, oh, well, who does? I, we do yoga on Wednesdays. And they're like, we love the yogas in the middle of the week because it's a great reset. And, and then hit on Fridays to, you know, like – 
I think if you give them your reasoning, your clients will feel like it's it works for them too. <laughs> or, or you're like, you want me? Well, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> true. That's true too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I would love to hear, you know, from start to finish from your whole journey. Now what? I mean, you've, you've, you're you're working on your second book. You, you know, you have clients, you're, you're moving forward. You've got these online programs and platforms and, you know, you've done the TEDx talk and we've talked about this because I'm like, do I do this? Do you put the, you know, and Rena's like, oh, yes, you need this. This is great. So <laughs> it's on, it's on the, it's there. It's on my desk on a sticky note that stares at me because I hate when things just, you got to color code that. Then they stare. I do that all the time. Like if it's something that I want, I put it on my desk and then it's, it stares at you and you have to, you have to make a choice. And it's always like, so now what, what's the, what's the next thing that you, ha- that you're working on? So yeah, I would say the two biggest things I'm focused on are yes, the second book, which as you guys know, that takes up a lot of time and energy and, you know, really needing to create space for it to do it well. So that's a big focus. And then the corporate wellness program is another big focus. Um, I'm talking to like 60 different companies right now. I mean, it's just crazy, um, you know, to try, to try to get something like that off the ground. It's, it's hard because when I launched it, we're kind of in this weird, looming recession, right? And I think um, companies know they need it, especially coming off the pandemic and the workplace changing as much as it has been. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of budget cuts, there's layoffs happening, people are saving for a rainy days. So it's an interesting time to have launched it. But I launched it because I felt like I was already doing a lot of corporate wellness, but I wanted to do something even more formal to help people on a deeper level and, and on a bigger scale. So I would say the corporate wellness program and the second book are my two biggest priorities. But, you know, I, I, I'm always, you know, focusing on the other aspects of the business as well. Like when's my next wellness retreat, you know, continuing to create content for the YouTube channel and the blog and continuing to serve my clients and continuing to make my classes, you know, innovative and fresh and new. Um, so. I feel like there's always so much to do, you know, there's, it's, 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 it's exciting and it keeps me creative and it keeps me striving. And, um, you know, if anything, I've had people say, take just one thing at a time, like stop doing 80 things at once. And, and I, and nope. I do, I mean, it means, right. <laughs> I try to focus, but there's, you know, there's a lot of things out there. And if you're enjoying what you're doing and you're able to put the energy toward it, then I think everyone's got to figure out as an entrepreneur, what works for them. So. Rina, you strive, you strive just like, just like we do with, with a lot of different things going on. You give me one thing. I can't focus. People that you give me say eight that things. I gotcha. People that say that just completely don't understand. They don't understand. They're saying it from their perspective and they have absolutely no idea. That to us is manageable and we do do multiple things, right? Because there's just a lot of opportunity to, you know, we see the opportunity. Can I say the word? The multi-potential. Oh, you beat me to it. (laughs) Right? Do you know that word? (laughs) Yeah, I've heard of that word. Yeah, multi-potentialite. Right? There's just so much potential here and there and there. You know, so we've got to kind of now all after potential. I tell my high school kids that I coach in track and field. I'm like, potential means you haven't done anything yet, right? Right. You have to really kind of get there and 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 do that. Like we could talk about potential a lot, but uh, yeah, I just don't think that the people that are giving you that advice. To, to, you know, just do one thing or, or you know, what do you, what do you do? And then you're like, uh, I do a lot. It's my favorite question. <laughs> so what do you do? I'm like, I, you know what? It's, Today? Not, it's not worth it. Today <laughs> in this hour right now, right. you know, it's different than next like hour. Playing the Simon game, you know, yeah. it's like red, green, yellow, yellow, green, <laughs> blue, red. We're good. 
tell us right. tell us about the book, the first book, yes, uh, please. and then maybe into a lead into the second book. Tell us what you're working on. Yeah, so the first book it's called The Wellness Empowered Woman: Living a Passionate Life to Elevate Your Health, Happiness, Family, and Career. And it's meant to be, you know, part health and wellness, part um, female empowerment, and then part professional development. Um, so the book really covers. I start with my story. I, I mean, I, I talked about it a little bit during our conversation today, just about burnout and what was happening in my life and how you know my my love and passion for health and wellness kind of brought me back home and brought me back to myself and that. That's what inspired me to launch the company. Um, but then I share anonymous stories of the hundreds and thousands of clients that I've worked with. Um, I share some celebrity stories of, you know, f- famous entrepreneurs and kind of how they pursued their passions. Um, but then I, I get into the wellness tools and how you need that, the moving, eating, sleeping, you know, mindfulness, all of that to help you be at your best in all the different roles you play in your life. So um, kind of like my business and like my life philosophy, it's very holistic in nature. And um, the second book, I can't ter- share too much yet, but it is going to be kind of the follow up to it. And, um, you know, I think it's it's going to get deeper into the person. So this is sort of the holistic, it was more high level. And now I want to go a little bit deeper. And part of that is going deeper with myself as well, right? And I think that my books are never meant to be memoirs, but I do like to share my own personal stories and other people's anonymous personal stories. um, Because I think that's also how we learn. Like Christine, you said, I love hearing stories. And I think that that is what engages readers to kind of learn from people's experiences and their perspectives. So, but as a writer, as you guys know, being an author and having to dig deep, and share things vulnerably on your end, it can be, you know, it's a lot. It can be mentally and emotionally exhausting as well. So how do you do that in a way that um, really is authentic and true and honest? Um, But, you know, you you have to be ready for that. So I think what's interesting is even as, you know, when you step out as an entrepreneur, there's, you're being vulnerable because you're not for everybody. And even with our podcast or when we write or you have to be okay that I'm not everyone's cup of tea. You know what? Maybe they like coffee and that's, and that's okay. And it's, it's really being, I guess, convincing yourself that you're, that you're enough, that this is who you are. And I'm sorry if uh, actually I'm not sorry. I got that (laughs) word. I'm not sorry if, if you're, into something else because that's what makes life so amazing that we're all so different and diverse. So. Absolutely. Yeah. When I met you guys at Ursa, you I remember your shirt. shirt it I said, was going to say. Yeah. Something like if I'm too much, then find less. Or yes, something yes. I love that. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I still, and I have a picture of us on my Instagram. So I, I remember what it said and I think that's awesome. And it is true. I think being an entrepreneur, there is that vulnerability. And, and I think you do, I know in the early days, it's like, okay, who do I want to reach that can my message can really resonate with those people? And even then, yeah, you can't be all things to everybody, but I think sometimes you go into it wanting to, and then you have to learn, you know what? It's not, you can't please everybody. You just never, ever will. And I think we all have to be okay with that as entrepreneurs or in anything we do in life. Um, and that's an important lesson to learn. So I love that you said that. Stick in your lane. I'm good at this. I say this probably daily to people. I'm like, I know what I'm good at. And there's a lot of things that I am not good at. And that's when I turn to other people. My, um, oh, my quote for today. Are you ready? Uh-oh. My quote for today. I don't, I sometimes have quotes of the day, but my quote that like came up today to me was, um, you know, it's like, why just be a star when you could be part of a constellation? 
Ooh, Ooh that's a- isn't that a good one? No, Brian, you don't no, like it? No, I like it. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. No, I like it. It's um, major. It's but major. Like, you know, there it is. Ursa like, major. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. Maybe you can't be a part of my constellation no, I'm in. anymore then. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Rita, do us a favor and tell our listeners around the world, okay, where can we find you? Website, social media, bam. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my website is passionfit.com. Um, social media, I am on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. Um, so passionfit LLC is the social media handle across all of those channels. I'm on LinkedIn as well, especially for the corporate wellness stuff. And, um, my book, um, you can find it on Amazon, um, and barnesandnoble.com. And if you just go to thewellnessempoweredwoman.com, you can learn all about the book and then you can click to, to buy from there if anyone's interested. But yes. thank you. Yes. Great. And the, yes. and the TEDx chat, I'm going to put the link to the TEDx chat, uh, in the, uh, or the talk in the, uh, show notes. But what's the title for that so people can search it? Yeah. So the TEDx talk title is Why Wellness is the Secret to Personal and Professional Success. Oh, so, so good. <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I did that in November of 2020 in LA. So it was definitely in the heart of the pandemic. It was a crazy time. So, but what an experience. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Love it. All right. Well, listen, you get back to enjoying uh, beautiful, (laughs) rainy San Diego, and uh, (laughs) we'll be thinking of you here. It's actually sunny here Mm -hmm. on the East Coast, which is nice for once. It's been been about it's been about fifty, and and everyone's saying, "Wait, it's May. What's going on here?" You know, fifty and cold and windy. So take it, take it. All good. Shine today. <laughs> oh, good. As as runners, we're like, hmm, this isn't that bad. It's not that bad. Today's a good day. <laughs> right? it's, yeah, that's good running weather, actually. So, you oh bet. yeah, and the Boston Marathon. We'll have to next time. You have to tell me all about that because you guys ran it, right? We, Both we of did. You? We did. You can listen to the episode that's going to be on right before yours here, and uh, you get the full recap. We had a good day, both of us. Uh, it was awesome. wet and rainy and, and, uh, and, and, and everything, but, uh, we had, uh, it's always a blast. It's always a blast cruising through BU late in that race. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. uh, the co-eds are, are they're always, rowdy. they're always rowdy they're in that section and quite time the of party day. animals by the time, you know, by the time it's midday, <laughs> it's as if they've been out there for the last 12 hours, which I think I'm pretty much sure that they just pull an all nighter and just roll Probably. right into the marathon. <laughs> That's true. Oh, what an experience. I'll definitely have to listen to that episode. Oh, my. Beautiful. Rena, it has been an absolute pleasure to reconnect with you. And I'm so happy that, you know, we had this time and our listeners can get a chance to know the magnitude of how awesome you are and everything you're working on. And we will put all that information in the show notes for everybody. And um, thank you. Thank you. It was such a pleasure to talk to both of you. Thank you for having me on. And yeah, I I loved it. And I hope it's helpful for the listeners. Of course. Of Of course. course. Well, listen, with that said, it is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.